Hello and welcome to the City Business Festival. My name is Kojo Akoto Boateng. Today's conversation is with Ehi Biniti. He's a CEO of Clear Space. For me, I, 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 I describe him as a thinker, a futurist, um, a change maker. Because in the industry he finds himself in, he's contributed over the years to build that industry in Ghana, in Africa, and across the world. And he comes into this conversation with a lot of insights to share with us. COVID-19 has hit all of us. Businesses are struggling, and we don't know what tomorrow brings. But I believe he has some insights to share with us what to expect tomorrow when it comes to the world of technology. Welcome to the City Business Festival, Ehi. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. And uh, good morning to your listeners as well. So you, you run Clear Space. Uh, tell me a bit about you and a bit about Clear Space and what you do. So um, Clear Space is a deep tech research facility and we apply technologies like artificial intelligence in solving problems of scale. So we work with lots of organizations and companies and um, we work in an area called applied research and we're one of the few deep tech technology firms um, on the continent. And um, we take, we look at the applications of technology in a manner which um, enhance everyday living. So our goal is to enrich everyday living using the latest advances in technology. This is really interesting. So um, you, you, you are into artificial intelligence, predicting um, the future, modeling, and anything that really enhances growth of industry, irrespective of the type of industry it is, right? Well, yes, you could say that. So these days, um, data is the new oil. Mm -hmm. And if you look casually across the um, global stock markets, you will find that the value of tech companies um, increase um, because of their ability to make sense of a lot of data. So in a world with an exploding number of devices and connectivity, um, the abilities for business to perform at a very high level is based on the ability to make sense of a lot of data. And this new economy we find ourselves in is enhanced or created by the ability to take data and turn it into information which is meaningful and useful to businesses at a scale which was hitherto unprecedented. So, for example, um, you have these days that in spaces like healthcare um, or in spaces like um, mobility, driving cars moving, you have that companies that are taking lots of data and trying to find new ways to solve old problems. How do you treat malaria? How do you solve um, COVID-19, for example. Mentioning COVID-19, it's been six months, uh, six months since COVID-19 hit the world. You have been looking at the data. How, how has the world been hit? How have we been affected by COVID-19? And do you think that the world will recover anytime soon based on the trends and the data you are seeing? So historically, if you compare the um, COVID-19 to the Spanish flu, the influenza at the turn of the 19th century, 
you'll find that they're statistically very similar in, in many of the behaviors. Um, and over the long term, historically at least, the Spanish flu was a blip. It, it significantly didn't change much. But usually when I get asked this question, I think the nature of the conversation needs to change. Um, people are often worried about what will change. And I think a more important question to ask is actually what will not change. So um, there, there are two issues. Worry about what will change, which you might have no control over, or worry about what will not change, which is likely to endure and be around for a while. So we know that the um, population, I mean, we still need to eat every day. Mm -hmm. We still need to have basic shelter. We still need to take care of our families. We still need to work. And so the fundamentals of how we live our lives, how we engage, how we communicate, likely will not change. Just looking at the historically, historical data and situating this um, sort of time in that, you, you have those enduring things which stay the same. Um, and take, taking that one step further, um, people will also always demand good service irrespective of what time it is, whether it's there is um, the ability to move or what, whether there's no ability to move, you will have this enduring need for good service, good prices, competitive products which are relevant. So those fundamentals, if we start with that stage, we know that those fundamentals are not changing. There are things that are not going to change and we must pay attention to them. And there are things yes. that have changed and are changing which must also be able to know and predict going forward. COVID-19 has um, enabled a lot of companies, a lot of countries, a lot of people take up a lot more digital services, from schooling to working to everyday stuff. Is that one of the things that, are going to, that we are going to see a lot of changes in going forward? And how should we approach that? Yes, we, I think we can expect that. So um, statistically, I think COVID-19 is what you would call an accelerator. Mm -hmm. um, you, in some industries, McKinsey would, for example, call it the black swan event. Something which happens, you, you don't plan it, you don't prepare, but prepare for it, but it accelerates the world in a particular direction. And COVID-19 is a, an accelerator for digital. So at its fundamental, there is a conflict between mobility, which is the ability for people to move around, and communication, which is the ability for people to engage with each other. And there is always an enduring need to communicate. The first era of globalization was driven by a wave of people um, with, with the dominance of mobility. And that gave rise to things like um, it drove really the oil prices, the oil at its fundamental, and an economy based around that. So cars, flying, you know. Um, and then you have a wave which comes in, um, and it's um, almost emerging conflict with communication. So as mm, communication technologies improve, um, the, the economics begin to play in, as in, is the world going to weigh heavier towards mobility, moving people around quicker and faster, or communication, 
enabling, enabling people stay where they are, but still have the ability to communicate. And so digitization is a step towards enhanced communication in an era of limited mobility. And we find that COVID-19 will accelerate that in all sectors, in government, in healthcare, in education. And these were fundamental industries which at the beginning did not seem, or the, the rate of digitization was slow. Other industries have moved much faster. E-commerce, um, uh, supply chain, things like that have already accelerated on the digitization agenda. But some industries were slower to catching up. And we found that um, dis disruptors have constantly emerged. So in the, in, in the industry, in an industry like hospitality, you have disruptors like Airbnb, who have used um, enhanced communication to create new value in, in ecosystems like that. So COVID-19 is an accelerator for the digitization of industries at, at its core. Whilst we see the acceleration powered by COVID-19, there's a fear that this will also result in the loss of jobs. For example, you mentioned education. For the past three months, students have not gone to school in Ghana and schools are struggling. Um, you mentioned transportation, um, which is basically mobility. Um, because of the restrictions, um, a lot of people did not move, so it affected the transport industry. And because a lot of companies are also um, um, letting their staff work from home, we are not seeing people move around a lot. And companies are also seeing that they can tweak their systems and their processes to increase productivity. And there's a fear that the, the, the more we adopt digital services, the likelier it is for a lot of industries to need fewer human resources to run. Is this fear grounded in, 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 in any proper data? Well, not from, not from what we can see historically. So we have found that um, in the past, uh, people expressed the same concern at, at the turn of the century when um, the Spanish flu happened. And um, at that time, um, Bell Corporation was just working through the early releases of the telephone. So um, the Spanish flu was one of the accelerators for the telephone, for the adoption of the telephone. And what, what happened was the, it created whole new industries. It enabled all, lots of new things to happen. So it, it, you, I think this actually opens up an opportunity for Africa um, we have an opportunity to educate our people better. So you don't have to live in a particular area to attend a good school. The, the, the level fields, the opportunities to access high quality education are opening up. They're not there yet. There's still a digital divide, but the opportunities can be leveled in, in one. Um, new jobs can be created. So what this means is people can now live in Accra and work around the world with the right skills. It means we have an opportunity to improve the quality of education quite across board because, so I think it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, these technologies come, they change the way we live, but create new opportunities which allow us to, to grab onto them. So, so we, we need to look at the options and see where the opportunities lie and maximize those um, opportunities. So you believe that, for example, you cited education. 
with all these things happening, Africa should take up the opportunity and create a level playing field for all our children on the youth so that they get access to better education irrespective of where they are. But there's, there's, there's this conversation about the future of work generally and, and, and the fear that even though there are all these opportunities coming up. For example, let me, let me, let me uh, talk about financial services and the fact that we are promoting more digital financial payments. There are people who believe that the more we uptake digital financial systems, the more banks may need lesser real estate, um, fewer staff, fewer tellers, especially, and, and the more they would have to cut down on their human resources and their investment in real estate to, to accommodate the shift in attitudes when we graduate more to digital. Is this something that you think may not really change much based on the submissions you've made earlier? Right. The data doesn't support that. Um, so the city of London and Hong Kong were built, uh, were built out of the explosion of the ability to communicate. Um, so in the, for, when you're dealing with um, stock markets, in modern stock markets, lots of the trading is done programmatically. So mm-hmm. they, you have software robots and um, agents which are managing actively programming the um, dealing with trading of the stock markets because it's a large volume and it's really extremely complex and very few human beings can deal with volume at that scale. It hasn't changed the value created on Wall Street or in London or in Hong Kong, these financial centers. It's actually created far more wealth because we found that with every acceleration of technology, the global economy has expanded, not contracted. And the greatest improvement and growth in GDP and wealth creation globally has happened in the era of the Internet and in the increase and proliferation of digitization, if we may call it that. So Amazon, eBay, um, Facebook, each expansion of of technology and each new innovation has significantly uh, increased the amount of global wealth available. There's always a question about its distribution as to whether or not it's, it's being distributed fairly. That's a different conversation entirely. But... The, the question of jobs being taken away, I often think it's not the right perspective. I think the perspective or is opportunities. So we have with Tesla and a number of other companies rolling out electric trucks, which are automated, self-driving. You find that the whole trucking industry um, in North America goes, becomes at threat. But it's also creating new jobs and new opportunities in data centers, etc. So there's always this um, take a little from here and create a little more value here. Every time value is created, there is new opportunities which mm. are created. This is the City Business Festival. I'm talking to Ehi Biniti. He is the CEO for Claire Space. We are talking about how digital, which is the new way, is shaping our world and will shape our world during these COVID times and post-COVID. And a lot of us were concerned that the digital adoption we are seeing could result in a lot of hardship coming uh, going forward because uh, people may lose their jobs, businesses may have to um, let people go, and 
so many other uh, uh, unknowns as we we go ahead post-COVID. But from his submissions, this period and the digital adoption presents a double-edged situation for us, their opportunities and their threats, and our ability to discern and act accordingly will give us the chance to, to grow our economy, to keep people employed, and to create wealth. And he says that the more the, the, more the uptake of digital, the more economies grow, and there is data to prove that. So we really don't, don't have to worry about any of these, and he writes. We really don't have to worry. If you're able to look at the data and plan accordingly, we can move into a post-COVID era with, with, with more prosperity for Ghanaians and for Africans and the world, right? I think so. And I think that uh, our, our government has shown tremendous character and leadership in this time, um, has responded using data and the stage and the managed approach and must be um, applauded for showing up with a high level of leadership on this issue. I mean, without saying, yes, there have been problems, there have been issues, but by and large, looking at the overall data as a nation, we have responded remarkably well. The question is, can we take this and turn it into an opportunity and an advantage and strengthen areas which are fundamentally weak, like areas of education and areas of infrastructure? Digitization without infrastructure is a zero. You need power. So you're going to need electricity. You're going to need basic, stable fundamentals, access to internet, and an educated population. And this is the fundamental of any growing economy. So the questions for us at the policy level become how do we use this data to um, turn it to the advantage for our country? And we, we are seeing important signs of Africans being able to make important decisions by ourselves, looking at the data available to us. and. Um, that's a trend which we want to see grow and continue. Now, looking at how the world is going now and how, um, where the data is pointing us, what should micro, small, medium-scale enterprises and even big corporations in Ghana, how should the approach to human resources be? What are some of the things they need to do to ensure that they get their people ready or attract the right people to drive them into the next phase of the global economy? I think that's a great question, and it's a pretty uh, complex one. So we're all, we're all learning. We're looking at the data and trying to come to some conclusions. I think for anyone this year, the first step really is survival. Um, there have been shocks. There's uh, constriction of cash and the ability for clients to make payments and meet the obligations are severely limited and this affects everybody across all industries so um at this point everyone is thinking you know what what are useful ways to salvage our organizations at this point in time and so a certain amount of uh, discipline and prudence and um, tough decision making in the short term is important in the short term it's important to manage cash properly, um, take a closer look at 
finding better ways to sell, you're taking advantage of the internet and tools like that and to um, enable people to stay in touch with their customers even though the, the levels of mobility have decreased. So there's the fundamental skill sets with training which needs to evolve. And organizations need to um, spend time investing in their people to improve these skill sets. The nature of work, the policy of working from home, the ability to maintain culture and organizational discipline and excellence in an environment where people are in different locations are disciplines which have been mastered by many of the world's leading um, digital companies. And the challenge for everybody else is to quickly catch up with that because where it used to be the preserve of a small few, now it's that everybody has to work like this. Yeah. And so the lessons learned from much bigger organizations and the tools they use are new tools which we all have to learn and equip ourselves with. So lots of learning for everybody from the leadership. How do you motivate and keep um, a, a team and team culture when people are in geographically disparate locations? These are new skills for leadership, which we all have to learn. How do employees stay motivated when they're working at home? How are you sure that they have a good wellness, health policy, good work-life balance? When you're working from home, the tendency is actually to keep working all the time. And there's no switch off. So there's lots of new learning for everybody um, at this point. And I think that's really where it has to start from. What are the new skills which we all need to pick up? and empower our workforce and our people. I'm talking to Ehi Biniti. He's the CEO of Clearspace. This is the City Business Festival. My name is Kojo Akoto Boating. And since this conversation is basically about digital and the fact that digital is a new way. So the world moved from the Stone Age to the Iron Age to the Age of Empires to the Industrial Age. We are now in the Digital and the Attention Age we decided to have this conversation over a digital platform. So we are chatting via Zoom. So any in his office, I in the studio, making sure the relevance of the conversation is complemented by the medium by which we are having the conversation. Now, Nehi, before I let you go, let's talk about the shifts and the changes that may happen to different sectors of the economy. So almost inevitably, whenever you have sort of a, an event like this, you will have some winners and some losers. And a good way to think about it is, okay, what happened to the space-to-space, -space, the people who used to have cyber cafes space-to-space -space when um, broadband and Wi-Fi um, was proliferated? And how did they respond to that? And what new opportunities did it create? So you, you have these running tensions which um, technology provides. And historically, we found that no industry survives technology in, in its current form. The e-commerce industry totally disrupted the main streets. And we have with the rise of Amazon, lots of... Uh, shopping malls and companies in the main streets suffered. 
but it also created new opportunities for smaller retailers to sell elsewhere. So um, from an industry-specific point of view, I think it's a, it's, um, you're, you, it, it's a very, very difficult question. I think the, the evolution and the trends um, are, are happening, but they're, they're not so easy to, to see. I think the question we, in that space, again, I'll go back to my initial premise that the questions we want to ask ourselves there, are what will not change? So for um, education, uh, we, well, we've spoken about education for healthcare, people still need to see doctors, um, whether this would be virtual, um, online, or this would be um, having them uh, go to service. The questions for us are, do we have enough doctors? Are there enough people out there to the doctor to patient population for our country? Is it adequate? Do we have enough health workers? Are the skill levels of the health workers adequate for the challenges and the emerging challenges we have? And how do we empower and create create um, support for that for that industry? So we will. I think you'll see an increasing shift in digitization in industries like healthcare. Um, education, we've spoken extensively about that, the ability for governments and um, organizations to provide training at every level, from the kindergarten level right up to un university, tertiary, and even executive training. So people used to have to fly to, for conferences um, and trainings internationally, and suddenly you're finding, you know, you can do this online. You can have a Zoom conference while still being in Ghana. So the cost of acquiring new skills is coming down because you have digitization taking the place of some need for mobility. Um, so I, I think that it, it's it's a it's an industry by industry, and it will be a bit of a stretch honestly, to um, sort of do a, a sweeping crystal ball across everything. But the, the fundamental trends of here, we're seeing an, a question being asked that, do we really need to move around as much? And if we don't, it's the alternative means of communicating when we don't need to move around as effective. And I think that's the, that's the core question which goes to the heart of every industry. And if you ask that question within the right context, then you see new opportunities emerge. So, for example, if you are looking at an industry like sports, um, if you are looking at an industry like showbiz, these questions must be answered and so answered. So, we're, we're already seeing that we're already seeing that industries like showbiz, the rise of YouTube and TikTok mm -hmm. and Instagram, is already showbiz. These, yeah, you have new a new generation a new channel for reaching an audience it will never take the place of a live event in its in its um, current form we will still have a need for that and there'll always be an enduring need for actually as productivity increases the need for leisure also increases so um, people find leisure now becomes an industry so people want to be entertained and um, the rise of uh, things like netflix so fundamentally, the distribution changes. The content may stay the same. People will still sing, dance, and make hit songs. But how that is distributed and how it's paid for is where the, 
the changes begin to happen. I've spoken to quite a lot of musicians who have told me that um, because of COVID, they've, they've not earned any money for the past three months. They've not earned any proper money and that they are really having it they are really having a very difficult time. So people like that should understand that you can create the content, but the distribution is now... Yes, you can create the content and, and go online. Yes, go to YouTube, go to Instagram, grow your Instagram page, grow your the number of likes and views you have. And there's real money there. There's real, real, real money, just as good as having a, a, a gig and having people attend it. We are wrapping up. My name is Kojo. Akoto Boateng, uh, my guest is Enhi Biniti, and we are talking about digital is the new way uh, on the City Business Festival. This week, the conversation has been about digital. Now, the first conversation we had was with Maximus Ametogo and Stephen Nasebwedi. They gave us the numbers uh, when it comes to the digital numbers and what you should make of the numbers. And one revelation was that um, in 2019, about $37 million was spent by Ghanaians in purchasing games or on gaming online. Now, um, the other thing was that between January and now, over 600,000 more users um, have signed up on Facebook. That is active users, which means more people are getting online. And then um, on Tuesday, we talked to Jamila Abdullah about working away from the office or working from home, the tools and strategies to succeed. On Wednesday, we talked about leveraging technology for business productivity. Now, he is summarizing the week up for us by talking to us about digital and the shifts to expect. Initially, a lot of us were worried that with the digital revolution and all the things happening, people may lose jobs economies may shrink. We've seen World Bank reports saying that the global economy may shrink by 5%. But he's also saying that historically, as economies uptake more digital, we will see growth in the economies and we will see shifts in the economy. This is very, very insightful. And before I let you go, any final words for us? What, 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 how should we feel going into tomorrow? going into post-COVID. So Stephen Jobs had a, a very interesting statement he, he made. He said, stay hungry and stay foolish. And the idea is to set yourself in a, in a position where you're learning. So I think the, the, the critical skill at this point is to question everything, to not be too... Um, uh, not be too presumptive about what is, what will change, what will endure, what will what will shift. I think at this point, it's a time of great learning for everyone, and um, we should have that. We should have that with a, with a large dose of humility. Just take the learnings and respond quickly to what it is we see out there. I think that um, I, I, I'm certain that this is Africa's time. It's, a, it's really our opportunity to. Uh, we've had the lowest impact of COVID-19 uh, globally. I think we are blessed with the skills, resources, ability, and just natural intelligence to create a highly productive environment. And digital is an environment where we will thrive. We will, mm -hmm. we will absolutely do fantastically well. So the challenge is really up to us to rise up, um, keep learning, stay hungry, stay foolish. And, uh, make the most of the opportunities which this 
situations present itself. Don't waste a good crisis. Don't waste a good crisis. Thank you very much, Ehebiniti, for uh, spending time with us this morning on the City Business Festival via Zoom to share your thoughts on digital, the new way. This has been very insightful. Thank you, and I wish you all the best. The City Business Festival is sponsored by APSA Bangana Limited and supported by GIPC. Stay with us.